This is the Intimacy Podcast, formerly known as Bedroom Confidence for Good Women. You are listening to Bedroom Confidence for Good Women, Episode 40, The Right Way to Create Lasting Change in Your Relationship. Welcome to Bedroom Confidence for Good Women, a podcast for my sisters who need some clean sex talk. It's all about real issues, real answers, and real connection. I'm your host, certified intimacy coach and instructor, Rhonda Farr. While this podcast is not rated explicit, some content may not be suitable for younger listeners. Hey everybody, welcome back. So good to chat with you again. Today I want to talk to you about this awesome book that I've been reading. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Some of you may have already heard of this book. And it's not something that I thought I would actually do a podcast episode about. But pretty much everything I read or observe these days is interpreted through the lens of my job. (laughs) So I'm not really surprised that when I started reading that that's what I thought about relationships and intimacy, even though this book honestly has nothing to do with relationships. So I totally recommend it. Give it a read after you listen to this podcast episode. If you're interested, just don't expect it to talk about sex and intimacy. So there was a line in this book that made me mark my place and grab my computer to start taking some podcast notes. The line that made me grab my computer was this. It's easy to overestimate the importance of one defining moment and underestimate the value of making small improvements over time on a daily basis. When I read this line, it made me think about my own relationship and the big events, so to speak. When my husband said he loved me for the first time, our engagement, our wedding day, the birth of our children, the loss of our baby, buying our new homes together, I thought about the things that seem really important at first glance. And for sure, there are some parts of these big events that are solid and connecting for us. There are also some parts of these big events that have been really hard and crappy. As I thought about these supposedly big things and all the seemingly mundane things in between, it made me realize that the big events don't really mean anything without the context of everything in between. I wouldn't have believed that my husband actually loved me when he told me if the small things leading up hadn't been a part of that. We wouldn't have made it to our wedding day if we hadn't cultivated our relationship leading up to the sealing moment of our marriage. I wouldn't have enjoyed sharing the births of our children together if I didn't have trust and respect for him. Probably wouldn't have gotten pregnant either. You get the idea though. The big moments can be fun and are often more exciting and seem more momentous, but these moments don't stand alone. They're a culmination of the day-to-day, a culmination of small and simple things that add up over time. In the book, the author teaches us how to make positive changes by just improving ourselves by 1% on a consistent basis. 1%. It's super small. And in the short term, it seems useless to most of us to put in the effort to make tiny changes that seem to yield zero results. James says, this is one of the core reasons 
why it's so hard to build habits that last. People make a few small changes, fail to see a tangible result, and then decide to stop. I have a coaching peer who was trying to get back into shape after an injury. She wanted to gain some muscle tone and lose a few pounds like many of us. And she said, I would go to the gym and work really hard, then go look in the mirror and hope to see that my body looked a little bit different than it had an hour before. <laughs> Logically, all of us know that it really doesn't work that way. And she did too. But she said it was like her brain just expected to see results for all of that effort that she had just expelled right away. Even after a week, she didn't really see many results from working very diligently. It's been over a year now, and she's totally accomplished her goals, and she feels amazing. But that's because she kept going with her plan, even when she was putting forth the effort and saw nothing in return. I'm here to tell you, my friends, relationships are like this too. I've seen husbands commit to make some changes. Perhaps he'll decide to start asking his wife more about her opinions. Maybe he'll consult her on some more financial decisions to show her that he really values her input. Or perhaps a wife will decide she needs to start backing her husband more when it comes to consequences with the kids or discipline. Oftentimes, even though it's a great gesture and seems to be what the other person really does value and desire, it isn't well received the first few times. Maybe it's because of the emotions of the situation. Perhaps ulterior motives are suspected. There's possibly a lack of trust. Who knows what's going on in your partner's mind? But my point is, if we aren't careful, when we first try to make some changes in our relationship, we'll just say, see, I tried it. It didn't work. Our marriage is never gonna work. We just aren't compatible. Things just aren't good for us. When we make a few small changes, especially changes that feel counterintuitive or like they require a lot of effort at first, and we don't see immediate tangible results, most of us will decide to stop right then and there. We never give our efforts, those little 1% efforts, a chance to compound into habits that will last over time. Now, I'm sure most of you have already heard the analogy of the airplane, that airplane that gets shifted just by a few degrees right at takeoff. Now, in the short run, it probably won't put this aircraft so far off course that it couldn't recover fairly quickly. But over the long run, if you shift an aircraft a few degrees on one side of the country and send it all the way across to the other side, it will end up in an entirely different state than the intended destination. The point is, tiny shifts matter over time, over the long haul, even if those tiny shifts seem very inconsequential at first. What you believe and focus on throughout your relationship compounds over the years, for better or worse. What you tell yourself about your own body compounds. What you continue to think about your partner and the intimacy you share. You guessed it, it compounds. Quoting James Clear one more time, he says, the more you think of yourself as worthless, stupid, or ugly, the more you condition yourself to interpret your life from that vantage point, you get trapped in a thought loop. 
The same is true for how you think about others. And I'll add the same is true for how you think about your relationship, how you think about sex, how you think about non-sexual intimacy. When you get these thought loops that play over and over in your mind, it affects the lens through which you interpret everything. A thought loop is just when you start to think something and it keeps going through your mind. So perhaps I have the thought that my ears stick out too much. I may or may not have actually had this thought in my life a few times. So every time I look in the mirror, I just think, oh my gosh, your ears look so weird or they're sticking way out. Every time I pull my hair back, that thought will go through. Or if maybe my hair gets stuck behind my ears and I'm out in public, even if it's down and I notice it, your ears are too pokey or whatever, right? So that's a thought loop. Anything that just keeps cycling through your brain over and over and over. These little thoughts and statements we think about ourselves, about our marriage, about our partner, I promise you they matter whether you realize it or not. So take a minute to think about how this applies to your life. The way you see yourself compounds into the way you interpret all of your experiences in the world. Just like I talked about in the beginning, my job has shifted the way I interpret everything. So interesting, right? The way you see your partner is the way the whole relationship will be experienced. Let's keep going with this. Take a minute to write down the answers to these questions and come back to me if you want to. How do you view sex? How important is intimacy in your marriage? What actions do you take on a regular basis? Or what actions do you avoid because of how you see intimacy? I promise this effect is being compounded in one direction or the other. Okay, those answers to how you view sex, how important intimacy is in your marriage, that's affecting your interpretation of your partner, your interpretation of your partner's actions. It's affecting your interpretation of how you feel like you can show up, how much energy you have to be in those intimate situations with your spouse. Just like with the airplane analogy, we can shift the nose of that plane a few degrees up or we can shift a few degrees down. It can definitely go either direction. In our relationships, we can create a positive effect or a negative effect by the small and simple habits in our lives each day. Now, when I say habits, I mean both habits of thought patterns and habits that are actions or habits that might be lack of action. And I want to take a minute to point out that I don't think most of us would make negative changes in our relationship on purpose, especially in the beginning. Most of us think the negative effects that we see over time as our relationships progress are just simply happening to us. Maybe because we married the wrong person, or maybe because we just fell out of love. Perhaps we decided that we're just not compatible emotionally or sexually. Do you see that many of us just report these things like we're at the effect of them? Like we had nothing to do with the changes or the shifts? And I'm not saying that there's never been a case where someone has married another person who was hiding who they really were, or that there aren't some deal-breaker discoveries that would be grounds for separation for most of us. That's totally possible. But what I am saying is I believe most of the stories of we just drifted apart or I just fell out of love. I just don't feel cared for like I used to. 
Things like this are usually a result of a compound effect of small things over time that if we were a little bit more conscious of, could have been prevented. Now that's going to make some of you mad, (laughs) and I apologize in advance, but I want you to hear me out on this. It's actually very, very good news, because what this means is you have power. You have control, if you will take responsibility for all of it, okay? Now, if you're in an abusive situation, I want you to get yourself out of there. I don't want you to stay there and think positively about that. If you're in a situation where you just felt like we drifted apart and I just don't feel cared for, I want you to take responsibility for that for sure. Because what that does, it doesn't just let your partner off the hook. What it does is it gives you your power back. Because when you say, I accept this and I take responsibility, it gives you the agency to choose differently. So you don't have to be a victim of your circumstance. You actually can take control and make changes. By the way, I want to throw in here that I believe there are many, many stories like this, and they're very similar to my own. During the first decade of my marriage, my husband and I fought like cats and dogs. We didn't understand each other's family backgrounds very well. We had poor communication skills. That was my phrase. We just don't communicate the same, and we have totally different styles of conflict resolution. I used to say that over and over, and it led me to feeling very resentful and frustrated a lot in my marriage. But then we got determined to make some changes and have developed a much stronger relationship than we ever had before. Think about it. We were shifting the nose of that plane just a few degrees at first. Wasn't a lot of noticeable change up front. When we got serious about it, And we decided that we wanted to change our relationship. By the way, I think I was more conscious and serious about it than my husband. We started to make small and simple changes that led to big results over time. Listen, you guys, I had to make changes in some areas of my life that I didn't even know I was lacking. I know that seems a little tricky. Like, how on earth do you do that? And there is a certain amount of awareness that's involved here. It's hard to change something that you can't see. It's hard to change those blind spots, so to speak. That's where some of us can get some outside help, and it's super, super beneficial. Another obstacle to true change is the way most of us achieve our desired goals and our desired relationship outcomes. I want you to think about this. Most of us go through this process when we have a goal to reach, where we decide on that goal, whatever it is that we want to accomplish, Then we decide on what actions we should take to accomplish that goal. And lastly, we try our best to just stick to that plan. Most of those goals are never reached, my friends. And I'm here to tell you, I'm guilty of falling out short after that process begins as well. Okay, so I'm in there with you. In the book, James Clear suggests that in order to achieve long-term goals, We start from the inside and work out toward the goal, okay? So that's opposite of what I I just described. He says, what we identify with will become who we ultimately are, and that will fuel the actions we take, which ultimately yield our results. So let me give you a couple of examples here. If I'm working off of that first process that I described, when... I say I want to have the goal or the result of being more supportive toward my husband. 
or I want him to feel more supported. I might start listening more intently to his work stories or I might start trying to withhold the judgment about thoughts and decisions that he has or makes. I might let him start choosing things for date night and going along with it easily that I don't really like. Okay, so that seems fine and reasonable. But the problem is when he doesn't notice or when he doesn't show me appreciation for my efforts or he's not gleaming, gleaming with excitement after I do these things, right? Because I'm not going to be very inclined to keep showing up this way towards him if I don't feel like it's being appreciated. I'll abandon the goal. I'll start thinking it was just too hard. I tried. It didn't work. He didn't even care. You know, you've probably done this before, a couple of you. But now let's say that I have a similar goal. And this time I shift my approach just a little bit. Let's say I decide to be a supportive wife. Not necessarily for my husband, but just because that's what I think is best and authentic for how I want to be in the relationship, for how I want to show up. I might take similar actions as the previous example, but the difference is it doesn't matter if my husband accepts everything I do or even if he notices. I'm not doing it to change him. I'm not doing it for his feedback, right? So it's not like I exercise for an hour and I'm looking in the mirror and saying, okay, show me the results. I got to see it. I'm not doing that, okay? I'm doing it because I want to be someone different. I'm changing who I am. I don't have to give up and say it isn't working before the relationship has even had a chance to acclimate to these new actions and this new um, balance in the relationship, okay? Really think about this in terms of intimacy too. What kind of wife do you want to be? What kind of husband do you want to be? Not so the other person will change or do something different, but at your core, what do you think a good spouse is or does? Do you see how when you change yourself, the actions will fall naturally into place, making the odds of you reaching that desired outcome or result much greater? Start adopting this new sense of self as who you are. From this angle, From this way of working towards a goal, you'll be better equipped to implement those small changes each day that compound over time that will ultimately lead to your greater goals. When you're ready, seek out some help for this. There's no shame in that, okay? Life coaching is obviously the route I took when I needed help. It resonated with me. For you, maybe it's couples therapy. Perhaps it's individual coaching or counseling. Of course, I always think you should schedule a call with me to see if we're a good fit to work together. (laughs) It's so nice for my clients to have someone who can truly understand their culture, their covenants, someone who's been through it themselves, and perhaps the best part, you can talk to me from the privacy of your own home or your car or your work office. I have clients who do all of those things. Maybe you're still in that phase where you're just trying to figure it all out on your own, and that's okay too. I have so many listeners who email me and tell me they're making big changes just from listening to the podcast. I love that too, and I love hearing about it. If you want to reach out to me to tell me how the podcast is helping you, please do. Coach with Rhonda at RhondaFar.com is how you can reach me. You can also request a free 
chat with me and we'll just see if we're a good fit. We'll just see if I can help you. Another great way to let me know that the podcast is reaching you is by going to iTunes and leaving me a review. I would truly love that. No matter what, I want you guys to go forward with the, with confidence this week that each day is an opportunity to become more aware of who you want to be. I want you to recognize those small changes that you can start implement, implementing now to compound in the favor of your relationship, in the favor of your intimacy and your happiness. Remember, the value of making small improvements on a daily basis is often way greater than those short bursts of forced effort, those things that seem big here and there. All right, my friends, do you have questions? Do you have comments? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you.